Hey friends, you are listening to another episode of the Momentum Focus Podcast. This podcast was designed um, and set aside as a space to help others find their voice, uh, to welcome many people to the microphone, uh, to just share their wisdom and what God has downloaded into their own hearts um, concerning the different topics that we cover. Every single episode has been sifted through the hand of God before we pressed publish. It is always our prayer um, that every single episode you hear, whether an interview or a moment of mindfulness, our prayer is that it helps you to adjust your focus. Enjoy the next episode. Hey friends, we are back for another episode of the Momentum Focus podcast. And as always, um, our prayer is that any episode that finds itself published, it is specifically because there's something that God needs you to hear, us as well, because I can guarantee you that in the middle of the conversation, I either get a gut check or I hear something from God that I didn't even plan like it wasn't in my notes. Um, So I love that every time he says publish, um, I love that somebody is going to hear something that they needed to hear, even when they didn't know they needed it. Uh, Which is why we say adjust your focus, because adjust your focus is not us shaking our finger at you. It is always an invitation to consider what you're considering. Think about what you're thinking about to really, the scripture that says, take every thought captive and then line it up with Christ and see, does it line up with who God says you are? Does it line up with who he says he is? And does it connect with his promises? Because if what you're thinking about has sent you down a spiral of fear or rejection or condemnation, or just, it makes you feel less than who you are, then those thoughts those thoughts get to be exchanged for the thoughts that God says of you and about you and about who he is and the plans that he has for your life. So all the conversations that happen here on this podcast, y'all, they are really invitations um, to call you up, never to call you out. I'm not going to call you out. I will call you up to your fullest potential, not perfect just being in the process and respecting the process and knowing that God has something really good in store for you. And I don't know, like here we are in 2021 and a lot of us have tossed our goals already. And it's what March, when we're recording this, it's March 23rd, 24th. And there are people that have tossed their goals and said, why bother? And I don't shame you. I don't blame you. What I do want to ask you is, would you reconsider? going back and visiting the goals that maybe even you set for 2020 because who knows he might just redeem them so today we're continuing in the conversation that we've been with all month long talking to different women just about what it looks like to be strong and courageous even in the space of setting goals and it's not a strong like muscle up grit your teeth dig your heels clench your fists Uh, throw your shoulders back and tighten up your your jaw not that kind of strong you know what I mean because we could fake that all day but it is a strong that's like a deep conviction down inside your soul that you know you know you were called to a a certain thing or you know that that big dream that you had or maybe it's a a dream that you think maybe it's too small because it doesn't measure measure up to somebody else's but you know like I've got to figure out how to get to that thing so that's when the courage comes in right? And they complement each other um, in unexpected ways. I was going to go somewhere with that, but never mind. <laughs> so they just, they complement each other like, like the friend that does the thing that you don't do so well, but you're so glad that they know how to do it because if they didn't know how to do it, it wouldn't get done, right? Like y'all know, like you could be the big idea person and the friend is the strategic, let's map this thing out because your big ideas aren't going to go anywhere unless you have a plan, right? 
or maybe you're the planner and they're the big idea person that you have it all on paper and they're like, yes, and then we could go to the top of the world. And you're like, hold up. <laughs> I just got five people, five things on this list. Let's pull it back, right? Um, so that's why we're here again today to have this conversation about strength and courage. And y'all, like this episode has been a work in progress <laughs> since 1997. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or maybe even before. Or maybe that. earlier. And Barbies. <laughs> right, since Barbies, right? <laughs> so today, y'all, I get the honor of inviting my cousin to this space, Dr. Tanzia Sharp. And she's going to talk to us about just what that looks like for her and just share some of her expertise on wherever God wants to take this conversation. But we, I joke and say that it has been in the work since 1997, since we graduated college and we are in completely different fields and said, one day we're going to do something together. And then it didn't make sense because I was in communications and see she was in psychology, but hello, podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yep. This is how you marry two extremes, right? <laughs> um, so I'm going to let her introduce herself to y'all, and then um, we'll just see where the conversation goes. So Tanzia, tell the people who you are and what you do. Okay. So here's the difficult part to talk about yourself, right? Um, well, as uh, my cousin mentioned, uh, I am Dr. Tanzia Sharp. Um, long time coming, and uh, for those of you who will be seeing the recording, hence the gray hairs. Um, so at any rate, um, I'm an assistant professor um, at Ashland University in Ohio. I teach early childhood special education courses, and so my life's work has been devoted to uh, the field of, and talk about marrying to field psychology and education, and helping individuals with disabilities as well as social, emotional, and behavioral problems um, succeed and live uh, as normal of a life as possible. And so that is my passion. I also have a passion um, related to uh, mentoring uh, young people to or towards excellence. Um, you know, I have a big motto that uh, there's really nothing that you cannot accomplish if you don't put your mind to it. And so this topic alone speaks mm -hmm. to that in terms of, of having that strength, the courage, and wisdom to do so. Yeah. Um, but on another side, I always like to say I am a mama, a mama bear of six. Um, and so outside of all the book work uh, that I learned in terms of child development, um, that hands-on is the best teacher. So uh, for all my students out there who may be listening, they know I will often admit I can talk a good talk in the classroom doesn't necessarily mean it works at home with my own children. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's crazy just to, and anybody that's listening to this podcast has heard me share stories of my kids and specifically my daughter because she wants to study psychology and counseling as well and a lot of times if I'm either working with a client or working through content for whatever it might be she'll share something with me and her perspective of it she'll take like book knowledge mm -hmm. and bring it to like common terms mm -hmm. and I'm like oh okay, that's what that means, you know what I mean? Or she'll take a um, textbook understanding and she'll say, well, that doesn't really necessarily apply in real life. In theory, it's great, mm -hmm. but let's consider like what that might look like in real life. So I love knowing that we have the foundation, even in scripture, the foundation of like, here's what this, here's the principle of it. Now let's see how to apply that in real life so that you're not just a walking textbook, right? Mm -hmm. and, and to know that what worked for one person or one child may not work for the next child. And so they're identifiably, there's not a one size fits all. You right. have to be flexible enough that like in the, in the spirit of even just strength and courage, like how, how one person found strength 
mm-hmm. might not be strength for another person, or it could very well break another person. You know, I just yeah. like, I think of even um, like that. So I teach the fitness classes and if I'm teaching a class and I tell them, okay, you can choose light weights today. I don't say how much those weights weigh mm-hmm. because one person's light maybe might be another person's like, good Lord, I can't believe she's making me do this today. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So to let, so to give people permission, I think that's where I was headed with this, just to give people permission to understand what works for you might not be true to someone else. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so like the mistake that we make in comparison, even in this space of sharing what we share, <clears throat> my prayer is that like you have one or two things that you walk away with, but I would pray that you wouldn't take every single thing and try to measure your life up to how we explained it. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. So. Well, I think what you said about taking content from a textbook or even the Bible and applying it to real life is a perfect segue um, into some of my thoughts because I've been reflecting on your uh, theme of uh, strength, courage, and wisdom for the month of March and just uh, what that meant to me. And for some odd reason, I, the concept of faith kept coming to my mind and I just kept fighting it. I was like, no, that, that's not it. That's not it. Because the way my mind worked or was working, um, was that faith fit alongside those three. And so I'm thinking, God, that really can't, be what you have for me because I can see faith, strength, courage, and wisdom all working together. And so um, it was about five o'clock one morning because God has a way of dealing with me. And I'm like, you couldn't do this like 5 p.m., but (laughs) whatever, Lord. (laughs) So it was uh, about five o'clock in the morning that I finally began to get it. And so what came to me is that scripture, and I have it uh, jotted down, it uh, comes from James chapter two. Um, And really you could look at uh, the entire chapter or the passage verses 14 to 26. Um, But really, I just kind of uh, extrapolated that last verse, which uh, summarizing or paraphrasing, faith without works is dead. Hmm. And so that's what kind of stuck out in my mind. And I'm like, okay, all right, Lord, faith without works is dead. But still, what does that mean? So then he took me back and I started reflecting on my own life and I give the aha light bulb came on that my works throughout my life have manifested in or through strength, through Mm. courage, and through wisdom. Mm. Yeah, that's good, man. And so one of the, and and it's crazy because I was just talking to my brother um, earlier this week. Well, actually, I think it was Sunday. Um, night we were all over there and he likes to tell this story about how I saved his life and we he'll bring this story up randomly but he brought it up and then five o'clock in the morning um, it was like wisdom that was wisdom I think I might have been maybe eight years old at the time um, Saturday morning And I just woke up and something said, tell your brother if anyone ever tries to get him to get in their car that he needs to scream and yell as loud as he can and run home. Hmm. I was eight. I was, uh, I'm gonna say eight or nine because we're five years apart. So I think he was about four at the time. And mind you, it's Saturday morning. I just woke up. We're in the TV room watching TV. 
that's not on my mind to spit some knowledge or wisdom right. to four-year-old brother. You know, I'm worried about getting a bowl of cereal, eating some, uh, you know, <laughs> having something to eat and watching cartoons. Yeah. But I told him that. I didn't understand why I was telling him that. I just knew. And in hindsight, um, now that I'm older, I know that I was being obedient to the wisdom that God was planting in me and for me to do his work. Yeah. And so I told him, I just said, hey, Kwasi, if anybody ever tries to get you in their car and I just rattled out, this is what you do. Well, about an hour later, um, and you might think, well, why was the outside plan? But you got to think that was back in the day because we even laughed about that. Like, why was I, he said, why was I outside playing by myself? But though in those days you could do that. Right. And so he was just playing outside, um, running up along the fence right in front of the house, but the neighbors had a dog. And so he was kind of playing with the dog up and down the fence. And he said, a man pulled up in the alley and he said, hey, hey, little boy, come here. You want to take a ride with me? He opened up his car and he had said he had a big bag of candy and said, come get some. Hmm. At that moment, he said he remembered what I told him and he screamed and ran home. I didn't know it then. But God was using me. He was planting wisdom in me in that early age and showing me, teaching me how to use it. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was the first thing that I kind of thought about in terms of uh, wisdom. I think a lot of times we think wisdom is based on how much we know. So if we go back to the book knowledge, you know, right. it's how much we read and how much we study or the degrees that we have. But if we look at it from a biblical context, wisdom is being, in my mind, in tune to God's voice and what he will have you do or say or act. Or I'm even going to go as far as say uh, non-actions, because sometimes being still um, is also utilizing wisdom. Yeah, I heard it recently, and I'm not sure who came up with the phrasing, but um, they said um, wisdom is knowledge applied, and it is knowledge to know that a tomato is a fruit. It is wisdom to not put it in a fruit salad. <laughs> to know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Right. You can know what you know. Oh, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. But if you don't properly use it, that's not wisdom. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and it's not to your point of it's not necessarily how much you know or what you know, but it's how are you using it? Exactly. Because you could even know. I mean, my pastor was just talking on Sunday, like the devil knows every scripture in the Bible. Mm -hmm. But how does he use it? Mm hmm. Right. And that that's a whole other episode of <laughs> the misuse. Yeah, but it, you know, it really gets me <laughs> excited when I think about, um, you know, sometimes we like to say it's the luck of the draw or, um, you know, oh, I'm so smart. But I, I get excited knowing that God is using me by giving me the wisdom to be able to make decisions or uh, speak uh, in his uh, favor in terms of situations like the example that I gave you. Um, and to know that like to know as young as eight or nine years old without you saying here I am Lord use me like mm -hmm. just the innocence of just being available and like you said of, of responding to what he said when he said it mm -hmm. because and I just think of like us as adults, how often has, I mean, whether the person listening to this right now has a, a walk with God and they know they hear God or they're questioning, like, how, do, how does somebody even hear from God? There, there are moments that we hear a nudge or a check in our spirit or a check in our gut or something told me, so quote unquote, mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. do something mm -hmm. 
that was either to to benefit someone else to to protect or save ourselves or just go a different path Mm -hmm. and we don't necessarily do that thing right Mm -hmm. and and even just I mean like I wrote down in my notes like when you said being in tune with God and how we respond to it and I've actually been um studying the word responsibility Mm-hmm. And I'm slightly a word nerd, so <laughs> I love to like break words apart and figure out their root word and their suffix and all that stuff. And immediately, what I saw in the word responsibility is response ability mm-hmm. that we all have an ability to respond mm-hmm. to everything that happens to us and through us, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how we choose to respond tells whether or not we acted on knowledge or wisdom. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, exactly. Um, you know, Proverbs is one of my favorite books um, and it's all, it's just saturated uh, with wisdom. And um, maybe that's, you know, why I feel like he just uh, showers me with wisdom at times, but you know, it really, uh, there is a scripture, I think it's Proverbs, Proverbs 16, 16, that talks about uh, how it is much better to be wise or have wisdom than it is to have silver um, or gold. And, you know, when I thought about that, I'm like, exactly. I said, yeah, because so many times we put um, our, our happiness or our peace or our trust in worldly things yeah. And a lot of times it just takes, again, I'm going to go back to that being in tune to what God would have us do. Um, that gives me the peace and the happiness and the joy and the fulfillment. So, yeah. So, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to come back to the in tune thing. Cause I am like, I'm a huge advocate of paying attention to what you pay attention to, which is why like the the tagline of this podcast is adjust your focus, that Mm -hmm. every single episode is here um, to help people be in tune. So let's talk about what, from a practical standpoint, like how do you make sure that you're in tune with what God is saying to you? I wait. And I know that sounds simple, um, but I wait and I practice patience so that I know the difference between my voice and his. I think oftentimes um, we get clouded by our own thoughts that, and I'll speak for myself, that I, I don't know whether or not it's him or me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm saying that very loosely because since I practice patience and I wait, I have become very in tune that when he speaks or moves, I know without a doubt that it's him. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been times, and I'll give, uh, give an example. Uh, I had a thought. Um, I said to myself, huh, I was doing pretty good financially. Um, And so I said, what can I do uh, for, you know, my oldest daughter? I wanted to just do something nice for her. And I said, I am going to pay off one of her bills. Hmm. But I had a hesitation. Don't call her right now. Just wait. I was so excited to be able to do that for her. I had the money to do it. I kind of wanted to let her know right away, like, hey, this is what I'm going to do and pick out a bill, not too high, but you know. (laughs) Just just significant enough to know that I did it. (laughs) Um, And so I just waited. And it might have been two weeks and she called me and she said, mom, And I said, hey, what's going on? She said, well, 
I, I've been wanting to call and I mean, I just want to say before I start that, you know, I, I'm really responsible and I really, I've been doing a good job and, you know, she gave me the runaround first and she said, but I just, I, and I know I do have some money saved, but I was trying not to dip into my savings. And I just, I wanted to ask you if maybe you could help me out a little bit because I got this bill and I'm trying to get it paid down. Hmm. What I say I got instant chills. I knew that he had me wait because if we want to go to the courage, he needed to give her the strength mm -hmm. and the courage to be able to come to me and be vulnerable enough to say, mom, I need your help. And wow. so I told her and I said, girl, I, and so I told her, I said, I was going to come to you about two weeks ago, but something told me not to. And so we say something, but we know in our family that that something, and you even said, you even did the quotes, the something, the luck, the whatever you want to call it is God. Mm -hmm. um, and I told her and she said, wow. She said, well, you know, I really wanted to come to you um, a while ago, but I hesitated. And she said, I'm just now kind of getting up the courage to give you a call because I feel kind of embarrassed. I should be able to um, get ahead. And this bill got out of control, not even, you know, for significant reasons, but being a 20 something year old buying probably uh, clothes and shoes and whatever. And so she really hesitated asking because she didn't feel like it was an important need. But she didn't know that God had laid it on my heart to do that for her anyway. So I mean, like, it just, that speaks volumes to, and I wrote in my notes, our wisdom might just produce courage in someone else. And like, it really, really, to, to know that we have the opportunity to wait and have patience, mm -hmm. which it, that in itself is wisdom. Mm -hmm. like the wisdom to not hurry up and get something done you know what I mean that like if we wait what might be produced in us I don't know like I could go so many different directions with that but just to know that like whatever God needs to do in somebody else includes you mm -hmm. and you might not even know exactly like there's no way you could have known that he was working something in her but had you just gone out and did it mm -hmm. she would have never known that she had the courage to come to you and that she could trust you exactly you Yay. know and it is it's it's so and and that is why i have learned to listen and obey because you never know it's not always about us he could be working through something through someone with someone else. Um, and so me being obedient and waiting uh, then allows him to do what he needs to do on that other end with that other individual. Hmm. Wow. I mean, I could go in so many different directions and so many, and that's like, and this is how. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? I'll give you another example. I had, um, so I had this meeting and um, I was debating on uh, breaking some uh, serious news um, to uh, my employer. Um, and so I'm like, you know, sometimes we get a little sassy and we talk to God like, you know, he's our homeboy. So I'm like, look, God, now this <laughs> is like tomorrow and you haven't told me what I'm supposed to do yet. You know, come on. Like I done asked you, I don't know how long. Now I said I'm patient, but you know, we all got our limits. So I had contacted this gentleman about doing some volunteer work. Um, part of uh, my passion is social justice issues as well. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to be involved in the organization and uh, give back and start really doing some stuff in terms of uh, social justice and equality. So I called him on a Friday. Um, it was early in the morning. Friday morning uh, and he hit me with a text message I'll call you right back I'm talking I called him at nine o'clock Friday and it wasn't anything formal so you know he 
could have very well, it wasn't like he had to set up a time to call and talk to me. And um, he never called on Friday. Again, it wasn't casual. So I thought, well, he'll call me on the weekend. Well, again, this meeting was on Monday morning, or I'm sorry, Monday afternoon, maybe. And so Sunday night, I'm talking to God like, um, hello, I got less than 24 hours. I need to hear from you. Right. You haven't told me what direction I'm supposed to go yet. I wake up Monday and the guy that I reached out to called me Friday that or that I called Friday called me Monday. Hmm. And when I tell you, God spoke to me through him this was the first conversation that i had ever had about ever had with this man but it was almost like he was there when i was having the conversation with god about the issue that i needed to address at work wow i was so taken aback i started crying on the phone and i'm like god said I know you don't know me and he even said I know you don't know me but I am a firm believer I pray and I ask God for everything and he said I don't want to freak you out about anything he said but when I tell you I knew you were coming before I knew it was you I knew you were coming because you were the one that God was sending me and he started just saying things to me, everything that I had asked God for in terms of guidance and what I needed to go into this meeting a few short hours after I had gotten off the phone with him. So again, patience, waiting, and that takes me back to that concept of faith. Yeah. You know, faith is, is a powerful thing. Um, and I've learned it over the years. Well, and it just, it, I think because, I don't know, for me anyway, faith for so many years was just what people said, you got to have faith or it's what people talked about, but I didn't really know tangibly like what faith was. And I love even when you started talking of just that you saw faith, strength, courage, and wisdom kind of alongside each other of like partnering one feeds into the other. It's almost like you have to have faith in order to find strength, courage, and wisdom. Yes. 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 And and, and you don't like, because faith is not something that you can hold, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you can get a degree to go do the job, right? But you did the work to get the degree right Uh and even back to what you said in james that faith without works is dead so like if you don't have like faith is getting the degree Uh like you know i mean like but actually do like putting into action you physically waiting before you reached out to your daughter you knowing that god was working something out before you talked to this man and because we can't hold faith or see faith or touch it I think sometimes we question, are we even doing it? Like, do we still have faith? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's when you hear conversations like that, that you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm probably talking in circles, but like. No, you're not because, and I think the, the powerful thing that, you know, that uh, scripture and I have it written down, I'm going to have to find what is, uh, um, faith is the substance of things hoped for hoped the ever not seen that where does that come from is that in it hebrews? is hebrews um look don't don't y'all don't send me newsletter emails and chapters I, that i don't know my scriptures i always say i'm a um education professor i ain't a theologian right <laughs> me and google me and google are friends when it comes to finding scriptures right yeah um, i had it tabbed in here too um but you know again that's so very hard to teach if you really think about it i'm gonna say it again faith is the substance of things hoped for yeah evidence of things not 
seen. Yes, Hebrews 11. I Googled it, y'all. <laughs> so what, how do we know we have faith unless we are vulnerable to trust in the Lord mm. and watch him work? I'll give you another, and I'm so full of, I love stories um, because again, it takes that textbook or Bible knowledge and puts it into real everyday real life. life. Yep. I remember being a third grader, um, depending on our uh, audience, they may not understand walking home from school and things <laughs> like that. Uh, when you were in elementary school, being able to go home for lunch and stuff. Mm. <laughs> so great. Um, and back then we walked a long way. Yeah. And so I remember being a third grader and this might sound so silly, but it was raining hard all day long and I didn't have an umbrella. You know, sometimes back in those days, you had the bare minimums and an umbrella was like a, an added extra accessory that you don't need going to school. You just put your hood up, but that hood's going to get soggy and you're still going to get wet. I prayed all day. God, let the rain stop. God, please let the rain stop. Hmm. I don't even know why I know what time the bell rang. The bell rang at 320. This is how powerful this event was for me. And I was kind of getting nervous. Yeah. And I just kept saying, God, make the rain stop. God, make the rain stop. I mean, it was pouring down hard. When I tell you at 3.15, the rain stopped. I had probably a 30-minute walk home. It stopped raining until I stepped foot on my porch and I was covered and it started pouring down again. So as a third grader, hmm. I knew the power of prayer yeah. and the power of faith. I mean, but to, to think about like, I'm sorry, I don't want to cut you off to, to think about the impact of that as a child. Yes. And the fact that you remember that story so vividly, mm -hmm. right. And, and we say in like a couple in a circle of my praying friends, we say like, the, the testimony of Jesus is the prophecy of Jesus. If he did it once, he's going to do it again. And like, I really firmly believe that God just like etches those kinds of stories in our mind mm -hmm. so that we have something to remind us of, of recently, again, with the word nerding thing, one of my mentors said the word remind or remember is mm -hmm. the prefix re, which mm -hmm. is again, mm -hmm. and whether, you, whether it's remind or remember, remind is again, this thing that controls our being. Yes. We get to recall it, like go back and do it again and see what's in there. And are there any possible pockets of memory mm -hmm. that we could grab a hold to, to move us to the next space? Or are there pockets of memory? Because the same way God etched that in your brain to remind you that prayer works, mm -hmm. there are pockets of memory that are etched in our mind that will trap us. Oh yeah. That oh. will have us believing that it ain't possible. You know yeah. what I mean? But yeah. just the power of that memory, that early age, both of the, uh, the story you shared about your brother and this one, like people forget that kids have an ability mm -hmm. to tap into God Mm -hmm. and call out like to call to recall it mm -hmm. which is why I think the bible says to have faith like a child because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. we get in our way in all of our knowledge and all of our knowness and we're like let me tell you what I know and God's like how about you don't <laughs> just like remain like a child and let me talk to the child in you you know what I mean like let me tell you that do you know that I gave you what you know <laughs> right, right right 
just the childlike faith of like kids trusting because I'm sure at that early age for you to pray and you just believed because mm-hmm. they told me if I pray to Jesus it's gonna work and so here I go yeah make it start raining and right <laughs> I don't even know why I got like teary-eyed because I never have telling that story but it's just a, it was a silly kind of prayer but guess what yeah that it was important enough to me to answer it Mm. and not only answering it in terms of I'm going to allow Tanzia to walk home dry but I'm going to show you and set you up for the rest of your life that you rely on your Mm -hmm. strength your courage your wisdom your faith comes from me yeah and I've never forgotten that. I, it has held on to me and it has allowed me to then pass that on to my own children. Um, I remember when uh, during basketball season, my daughter was so upset because all the girls were mad at her and um, she didn't want to go to practice. You know how that goes with girls. One girl wasn't talking to her, so she got all the other little players to, to be mad at her. And she said, I don't want to go to basketball practice. And I asked her why. And she told me what was going on. And I said, okay, I went and got my blessed oil. And I said, you take this to school. And I said, nobody has to know what you're doing. I said, when you're changing for basketball practice, I said, you pull it out and rub it on your hands, just like it's lotion. Nobody will know. And you say a simple prayer in the name of Jesus, make it stop. And I said, when you touch that basketball and you pass it, every girl on that team that touches that basketball is going to get a little bit of that anointing oil. So she went to bed and I had my conversation with God, like keep my homeboy. (laughs) I need you to sit down. We got to talk about this. Cause this is my baby and if you know this is my word and it's yours so you want both of us to look good right <laughs> you know like don't fail me <laughs> so she got home uh and just uh well I, I picked her up that day from practice and she got in the car just as bright and smiling and i said well how was practice she said mom it worked it worked and I said, well, what? Nobody, I did what you said and nobody's mad at me anymore. Oh. You know, something that simple. And again, is that a maybe deep prayer uh, that we would pray for someone who uh, may be on their deathbed or maybe someone who just lost their job? You know, what we would consider maybe serious issues. Maybe not. But to her at that moment, it was serious enough. And it speaks to the fact that God can answer any prayer, whether we think they're big or small. Well, and and again, like, and I appreciate you even being considerate to, which is with them, considerate to say that like mm-hmm. the kindness of like the blessed oil to pass the ball, like in, in a child's heart, like she believed it, right? She believed it because it was simple enough and it came from her mother and it's about God and she's going to trust that it worked. Mm-hmm. And I also believe that the practicality of simple prayers. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because we assume that prayer means I need to sound like Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm and speak in the King James language uh-huh. and a bunch of these and thou's and how knoweth. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which God is like, who is that talking? Right. Right. The voice is familiar, <laughs> but I have no idea what they just said to me, right? <laughs> and I, I use my brother as an example, um, Adrian, because he's a barber and he's just pure hip hop, mm-hmm. right? And I know that his barber chair, and I'm sure I'm sure I've shared this story on this podcast before, so bear with me. Um, but when he talks, 
and he he loves to talk about God and share God with other people and he often will use his barber chair as his pulpit and if somebody sits in his chair he's like I have them captive for close to an hour yeah right they're getting a word (laughs) they're getting a word some way shape or form if I'm talking about the way I'm lining them up if it's a practical application or if I just ask them how they're doing and how I respond to them has a little bit of you know wisdom in it Mm -hmm. and he and I laugh because when he prays even if we're in a circle and we pray he prays like he talks Mm -hmm. and he might say you know dear heavenly father or you know lord god jesus or however he addresses god but then when he starts talking it just sounds like he's talking to somebody in his barber chair Mm -hmm. and i know that god knows that it's him you know and and i i know that god i think god there's a song from years ago that the woman in the song she says that god will accept the honest prayers better than a hallelujah Mm-hmm. you know what I mean and like I remember my daughter saying the first time she went to like when she played basketball they would have uh these huddles called um fellowship of Christian athletes and they would meet you know one Friday a month and they would have a devotional and a prayer and she said the first time one of the group leaders prayed she was like, you can talk to God like that. Cause she said the girl opened and was like, Hey God. So, and she was like, you're not supposed to pray to God. like that. <laughs> Cause she had just grown up in environments where people were like, dear Lord, we come. And I'm not saying anything's wrong with that. You get to pray to God the way that he will identify that it is you that's talking to him. Exactly. Cause there are moments where I'm like, all right, God, here's what I'm dealing with today. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to really need your help. Mm-hmm. And then there are moments that I'm like, God, you've been so sovereign. I just appreciate it. And it sounds more poetic, right? but he knows that it's me that's talking to him. Right. You know what I mean? And that, and that's why I love like all the examples, even that you've shared of just encounters that you've had with him and then how you shared it with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Because like, I firmly believe we cannot offer to somebody something that we have not either experienced or received even if it's a a thing of like oh I think you're muted oh there you go um even if it's like a thing of not necessarily that what that my that your story if you come to me and you ask me for assistance or ask me for prayer it doesn't mean that I've experienced your experience But if I offer you some advice or some wisdom, I firmly believe that like, I better know what I'm talking about. I can't, I can't pretend like I've had this encounter with God and he's given me wisdom on something that I don't have wisdom on. Cause then I could, I could steer you wrong. Um, And I say all that just to say that, like, I love that you presented to your kids based on the fact that you knew and you trusted and you're like it's gonna work mm-hmm. even I had to laugh when you <clears throat> when you said you pulled out your blessed oil I was like I remember my mom carrying a bottle of blessed oil in her bag <laughs> and I think I just might have to go back to doing that because yeah. yeah. could you imagine just the practical of just putting that on your hands mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. you got out of your car for work mm-hmm. And every doorway, I mean, COVID aside, every doorway. <laughs> hey, now. You might get rid of COVID. Hey, right? <laughs> Talk about some practicals. <laughs> um, but like anything that you touch, any, even just to like, I don't know, even just to, there's a scripture I was reading it yesterday <clears throat> that says, um, that we would have the oil of gladness on us where sadness and mourning and sorrow were Mm. that like even if that was the oil that you carried with you everywhere you go so that everybody you encounter everybody that you um theoretically touched Mm. you may not physically touch them but like your presence might touch them or just you say something that touches their heart 
or you smile at them or just, I was out somewhere grocery shopping and because of mass, me and another lady locked eyes and she was like, oh, you're smiling. You're smiling with your eyes. And she was like, oh, you touched me. And I'm like, we couldn't touch each other. Right. Yep. Right. But like just the look in my eye that locked with hers, it touched her in a way that I pray that whatever oil was on me uh-huh. passed over to her, like the passing of that ball, like the visual, I'm a visual person and I love analogies. So like I could run with that and keep going. But <laughs> well, I mean, seriously, because, you know, it was, I had to think on her level, you know, she mm-hmm. was junior high school. Um, I knew she wasn't going to be in the locker room, like you said, giving the Shakespearean right. And that would have even been too much uh, for her <coughs> to try to do because she is at a teenage female hormonal emotional state. Mm-hmm. And so what can I tell her to do? Well, when you're getting ready for practice, you're going to lotion up anyway. Put some of this stuff on your hands like you're lotioning up. All you got to do is say, in the name of Jesus, make it stop. I said, he'll know what you're talking about. Mm. And that way, whenever anybody touches that basketball that you've touched with that anointing oil, is getting a little bit of that oil onto them. And he will touch them so that they can start behaving more kindly. Um, You know, it is amazing if we just learn how to um trust in the lord you know and lean not on our own understanding and i don't understand that half the time you know, yeah, right. make sense of it ourselves like i can't trust in god but no that's what he's telling us to do do it don't i got you don't lean on your own understanding because you ain't gonna be able to figure it out right all that and let me take take care of it yeah yeah so, okay, I want to touch on something that I, I think kind of wraps a lot of this, not to like put in a perfect package, but um, just in the spirit of like how hard 2020 was, and I know you mentioned just a heart for social justice and equality and even just helping people in the space of emotional behavior. Um, there's a lot of conversation right now around self-compassion. Mm-hmm. and helping people to understand like feel your feelings mm-hmm. and know what you know and then like navigate accordingly but be kind to yourself even in the spirit of strength courage and wisdom like don't muscle up don't mm-hmm. grit your fist and like let me just I'm just gonna have to be strong you know what I mean because it could come back to like hurt you because you're not you're not being considerate and being compassionate to what it is that you're dealing with, you know? Um, So I just wanted to talk just a little bit, just from your expertise of even just the social emotional behavior stuff, like how can people navigate strength, courage, and wisdom while being compassionate about, does that make sense? Like what I'm asking, like, because I know that when you, when you hear phrases like self-compassion, some people will will cheer and emphatic, yes, thank you for giving me permission. And then other people will say, I don't even know what that means or I don't know what that is. If you're asking me to be strong, how am I supposed to be compassionate about my issues or about whatever I'm trying to navigate through? Um, or what is courage? You know what I mean? Like, cause it sounds great. But at the end of the, not, but I recently learned when you say, but you just wiped out what you said before. So, <laughs> so how do we, like, how do we navigate that and, and honor where we are hmm. without performing strength or performing courage or performing wisdom? Ah, uh, that's a whole, uh, I whole think- other episode. <laughs> And I don't know that I have the easy answer Yeah, because it's hard. I will say I struggle with balancing that. Um, I try to do again, and it may sound repetitive, but I'm going to go back to B. 
See, now you know I'm in deep thought because I'm not even looking at you. I'm like looking up. <laughs> and rocking at the same time. <laughs> but um, I'm going to go back to the waiting and the patience because mm -hmm. I am very compassionate about a lot of things. But I have learned um, not to act on my own compassion. Mm -hmm but to let God drive it. I'm compassionate about it, but he's gotta be the director of the ship, mm. if that makes sense. Yep, and you sound like your mama when you just said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because she didn't implanted a lot of her wisdom in me too. Um, <clears throat> you know, I'll give you, a, 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 I'll give you an example that really comes, it does come from my mom and I hold on to it to this day. Um, and it relates to everything you're saying. I know, and I knew that I was compassionate about education, uh, psychology, individuals with disabilities. I didn't know it was going to lead me into higher ed. Mm. And so I kind of went in backwards. I started teaching as an adjunct and, and got a, um, professional instructor position at the master's level. Well, ultimately to stay in that type of position, if I wanted to become an assistant professor, I knew I had to get my doctorate. And <clears throat> I remember uh, signing up and sitting in the orientation meeting and uh, they handed us this humongous three ring binder. And I'm flipping through these pages and we had to bring a support person with us. Um, and it was my mother. And I leaned over to her and I said, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. And she leaned back and she just said, yes, you can. And yes, you will. And so I just stood, I just sat straight up like a good little kid and said, okay. <laughs> but, you know, years down the road, she always would say this to me. Um, and it reminds me of what you just said. How do we embody that compassion, but also execute the strength, courage, and wisdom? She would say, Tanzia, God does not, let me get this right. God does not call the equipped. Mm -hmm. He equips those who are called. Yeah. In other words, You've got the passion. You've got the desire, the fire, the motivation. He's going to give you the strength, courage, and wisdom. It's going to come. And I must say that in all circumstances, it has fallen into place. I just know that this vessel, this body, the purpose is driven towards a certain avenue. And we all have a purpose, whether it is individuals with disabilities, social justice and inequality, health and fitness, whatever it might be, we are the vessel. And so we know we have that compassion and that burning desire. We've got to allow God to shower us with the wisdom, the strength, the courage. And I think that's how you naturally marry what you have been talking about all month long to your upcoming conversations of what does that compassion look like for a woman mm -hmm. in relation to her job, her family, her profession, herself, right. her own health and well-being, right? Because it's not just always about putting out. We got to be able to give some of that in too. Yeah. Uh, I need to be listening in on that one because <laughs> I, need, I need some tips. Um, so I don't know if that answered it a little bit. Yeah, but no, it answered it ideally, honestly, because, um, and I actually made some notes on what you said, and now I know what to title this episode. <laughs> so <laughs> that's why we'll call it what we call it. Um, but no, like it's, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful culmination of all the conversations that we've had this whole month. Cause um, if this is your first episode listening in, or you've been following us this entire month, like we looked at what is the Proverbs 31 woman invite us to do 
and it, without comparison and trying to like live up to her and think we have to be perfect. We mm-hmm. talked about, um, we, I think we kicked it off with how do we, how do we take care of ourselves and understand that like we have to recognize our own identity and and what is true for us in the space of strength what is true for us in the space of courage and and come back to that right Mm -hmm. start with that and then go outwardly so even for you to come back bring it back full circle is ideal Mm -hmm. um and then next month we're gonna we are gonna talk about the practicals of what is strength and what does courage look like when I apply it in my home? What does it look like when I apply it in this, this home, this vessel? So I love that you talked about that. Um, you're speaking my language. Oh. Um, <laughs> um, but I, I love that, that it, it, it requires us recognizing that we have to let God be the one to, to navigate us. I was telling somebody the other day, and then I'll wrap us up with this. Um, I don't know if you've seen the Netflix series, The Queen's Gambit. Um, No. It's a, and I normally wouldn't even make the recommendation of something of this particular movie because it's a chess movie and I don't play chess or pretend Uh to play chess or have a desire to play chess (laughs) ever. (laughs) Right. It's just not any interest of me. But the storyline behind this movie of just watching her brain work. And I geek out over the brain mechanics mm-hmm. and the anatomy of it. But there's a, there's a scene where we get an inside view of how she sees the, the game of chess and how she mm-hmm. understands what move comes next. Mm-hmm. And as I'm watching it, it clicked that that's how life can sometimes feel that God is looking at this big chess board and he... Uh, uh, an ideal chess player can foresee the other play the opponent's next move before they make a move so they'll strategically know where to go because if they go here they're gonna go there and if I go here they're gonna so what move could I make that I would just make them realize like there's no way you're gonna combat me right right (laughs) and so like life feels like God is like hmm where Uh could I move her because even to what you said of like my compassion I could have like deep rooted like let me hit the ground running boots on the ground fist in the air yelling Mm -hmm. this is what I'm compassionate about but I if I'm not careful I could make a move that could take me out but if I let God strategically move me across that chessboard to know like if I move her here they're gonna go there so let me just do some moves that just make them know up though because i mean you're so right it's not us moving it's allowing god to move us position us where he would have us to go i love it i know like i was like right (laughs) we ought to do this more often man that is i'm telling you when i saw it i was like and I don't even, like I said, I don't play chess. I would mm-hmm. never be drawn to a chess movie. Right. But when I, and I binge watched it, like it's like 12 episodes and I watched it in like three nights. <laughs> That's not a proponent of how you should live your life. Um, not healthy, but I digress to say it taught me a lesson on even for the person that feels like, well, I don't know what my strength is. I don't know where my strength is. Mm. I don't know if I have courage. Last I checked, I wasn't wise in my last decisions to what Tanzia just said and what we've been telling y'all this whole time. Like God knew that he had a plan for your life from day one, Mm -hmm. from Psalm 139, when he knit you in your mother's womb. And he was, he has been strategically moving you across this chessboard. Mm -hmm. And he knows that if he moves you in one direction, that your opponent is coming at you to take you out. Mm Because the Bible says that the enemy has one plan to kill, steal, and destroy. Mm -hmm. He is not there to just kindly tap you and move you across the board. His goal is to wipe you out. So God has to strategically move you in different directions, in different seasons, with different people. Mm -hmm. And there are moments in the chess game where they're just staring at the board like, we'll wait. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We'll wait, right? 
And it just, I don't know. I pray that that helps somebody to realize that God's hand is still on you and he is doing something with you. It might just take longer than you thought. And if you've ever watched chess, which is kind of why I don't watch it, it's a long game. It's not Uno. <laughs> it's not, right, right. It's not Monopoly where you get mad and just flip the whole board over. It's a whole different game. Mm-hmm. But y'all, like, I just want to offer you that. I pray that, I don't know, I pray that this conversation does help you adjust your focus. Um, I don't ever pretend that the conversations that we have here are your prescription or your solution. And by far, this is not your counseling session. Mm-hmm. If you feel like I need to go and talk to somebody because I, I, I vibe with what they're saying, but now something in me is stirred up and I feel like I need to go talk about it. Can I recommend that you do seek out the help that you need? Um, and from a spiritual biblical perspective, it says in Hebrews, I think it's the message translation, like, let's just go up and take the help and receive it. Mm-hmm. In other translations, it says we can come boldly to the throne of grace, receiving the help that we are offered. So y'all, I thank you for listening in today, whether this was your first time hearing us in this in this space, or you have been listening for, for however long. Um, I appreciate that you've given us this time. Um, and I pray that you'll come back. Um, if you're listening to this on a podcast, whether you're an Apple or Spotify, I would love if you would subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. You can leave a review if you're on Apple um, and you can always share this with somebody because I pray, I'm, I'm certain that if it blessed you, it's going to bless somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, until we get to meet in this space again, y'all, I pray that you would be blessed. I pray that you would live well and love well and that you would stay free. So until next time, y'all have a wonderfully blessed day and we'll check you in the next episode.